we got a we got a whole new dynamic here today. We've never had this. So Jack's on vacation. Jesse's on board now. So we got a Jared, Jake, and Jesse episode. I I don't know if this is going to be a positive experience or a negative one for us or the listeners. Just wait until it happens that you and I are out, Jake, and then it's just Jesse and Jack. Just Jesse and Jack are bad wallpaper. What kind of, what kind of shit show is that going to be? <laughs> Man, I Jack and I are going to rise up and realize that you guys aren't needed one bit. You're yeah, the proletariat. You really don't need the band. You just need the merch guy and the uh, manager. <laughs> yeah. Fair you enough. don't need the guys who are out here tilling the, the riff soil every week. Tell me, daddy. <laughs> Jack says, says that's the, 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 new si- the new single from Father John Misty. Uh, Josh, Josh, tell me, daddy. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, man. What happens when you go and dugger into that soil? Is this a, a dugger thing? It was a dugger joke, yep. Where's it going? It was, well, Josh Tillman got name dropped, so. Just, just thought so you I'd continue. Just named up Josh Duggar, your best friend and confidant. No. no, we've we've already established Jesse's family's like the Duggars, so <laughs> they are the Catholic Duggars. <laughs> every every Catholic family is the Catholic Duggars, though. <laughs> yeah, but the Duggars are like the Barry Bonds of parenting because <laughs> they did it for so long too, and like to just be that consistent. It's like when you look at. Uh, Hank Aaron's home run totals. It's like the guy just hit 40 home runs every year for forever. And right. Was, consistency. Yeah. And, and duration. And, and duration. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, like half that is a good career. 10, 11 years is a good career. You play like 20 years of consistently all star <laughs> plus baseball. Um, right. You're, gonna, you're you are uh, Mr. and Mrs. Duggar. But also, like, you got to consider there's, there's a there's an asterisk next to both of them in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> the Duggars, because you know, they had because they produced one pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only stain on their record. <laughs> I just had Did to look up. that keep them out of the hall? I guess it does. Like getting, I, I don't think so. I think you got to let them in. I think you should let them in. I think they deserve a spot in the big family home. I, I mean, they're definitely a part of the history, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't ignore it. Will, will they be like a rap punchline like Barry Bonds? <laughs> Barry Bonds. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm, I was trying to remember what song that was from, so I had to look it up and then realize it was Barry Bonds. <laughs> By Yay. All right, guys, I have a confession. I've been playing a ton of the remastered Tony Hawk Pro Skater and not writing riffs. <laughs> Just kidding. You're doing so productive riffs. with your life. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, those games were incredibly like formative for my music taste growing up. Tony Hawk. Really, I played Tony Hawk. Two and four, and so the remaster only has one and two. But uh, mm. 
uh, hopefully they'll they'll do the next, the the other two. But it's kind of uh, funny because I think I played one and three the most growing <laughs> up. Uh huh. Just uh, just very compatible there. So well, perfect because I was going to talk about the those songs that like really uh, inspired me. I I literally like didn't even know like i was like i think this is what is called punk rock <laughs> <laughs> and i was really timid about telling people i liked punk rock because i didn't actually know if that was what punk rock was but that's uh was the kind of music i liked also like well i mean i'm sure i was gonna say like i missed out on it but like the like hip-hop in those games was like really good too for the most part um, and I always just get the songs cause I was like, I want to hear the cool guitar stuff, but like listening back to them now, like realizing I missed out on that. There were some, like, there were some extremely famous songs from Tony Hawk's pro skater that I think I heard for the first time on Tony Hawk's pro skater. Like I think Blitzkrieg Bop was on like Tony Hawk's pro skater three. And like, yeah, that was probably the first time I ever heard the Ramones. I can't imagine I would have come across the Ramones uh, somewhere else before that. Right? I mean, I think that's just part of, like, growing up in the Midwest and, like, not really having access or, you know, the ability to get just popular records. You know, it just was essentially the stuff that was in media, uh, like, other media that we were consuming that, like, gave me uh, pointers on what to the to listen to but anyway the those tony hawk games really like uh stuck with me um any other uh did you guys play any video games that really introduced you to music yeah i was uh i was generally pretty bad at video games uh except i really like sports which i was also really bad at but you can make uh (laughs) Sports video games, you can play them on like easy mode, which is pretty nice. <laughs> it's um, like you're good at sports, but uh, in a video game. Yeah, I could just like pretend I was, you know, just a, like a jock NFL quarterback. <laughs> uh, anyways. Did um, you ever play backyard like football or backyard? I played backyard baseball a lot. Yeah, a lot of backyard baseball. I remember the little kid, like the really short kid was really fast. Pablo. <laughs> He was always yeah, like the th- secret in in the baseball. He had like the tiniest strike zone too. <laughs> Op. Uh, I don't know. I played a ton of Madden in particular, and I was looking at some of the early Madden soundtracks. Uh, and it had like music that I had not heard before, which was basically just like I don't know, good hip hop, like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Madden 2001 had Exhibit on it. 2002 had the, <laughs> 2002 had the instrumental for Mathematics. It was <laughs> just just like you hear it over and over again, and you never get tired of that one. Um, 2003 had uh, Party Hard by Andrew WK, um, but it somehow also had a Seether song on it, uh, which is. Which is kind of an interesting, wow, uh, interesting selection. But the uh, the year after that had, I think, Blink One Eighty Two and and Yellow Card. And so, there's a fair amount on there. It's like I just heard that song, 
probably at least a hundred times in like that year. Yeah, that's the like I I always wonder about that with you know, it'll be like a retrospective about a band or a famous album. But like I always feel like part of that conversation is missing that like, yeah, well, a whole generation of people were introduced to this because of its placement in the like, you know, Grand Theft Auto soundtrack. <laughs> and how many people like listen to that song like a hundred times, like you're saying, only because it was like part of a video game. Yeah, you like you like boot up the Madden opening screen and then like go make yourself a sandwich and it just plays in the background over and over and over again and, and drills into your brain. I'm I'm listening to Party Hard by Andrew WK, but like the craziest party I've ever been to was a sleepover where we played video games until like eleven thirty PM. Yeah, then you'd like call your mom to like come pick you up because like you're Yeah, too yeah, like yeah, I just like started <laughs> crying because I got home sick. <laughs> I think, I think for me, I was I was trying to think of different video games that were very influential to me. But I, the funniest one I could think of, uh, and what really influenced me, like hip hop wise, was Need for Speed Underground. I don't know if you guys ever played that, but pick. like, I'll just remember like your, you know, you got your like Mazda Miata with like a body kit and underglow driving along this like road and all you hear in the background is Lil John and the East Side Boys get low. Uh maybe you're hearing a little exhibit, maybe some Nate Dog, some Petey Pablo. <laughs> Just I was a like, big underground two guy and I ooh. there was a rendition of uh Riders in the Storm. Um I think it was like some sort of hip hop remix of of the doors Riders in the Storm. <laughs> And I, That's I a mean, bad like, choice for a hip hop remix. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I didn't even mention the like. So the songs on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I mean, probably the most famous one is "Here in Your" uh, or "Superman" by uh, Goldfinger. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's an a, angsty song. To skate it's a to. Snoop Dogg and the Doors remix. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. But, uh, I mean, Bad Religion, The Offspring, Agent Yeah, I mean, Orange. like, pretty, pretty cool music when you're, like, seven. Oh, yeah, Lagwagon. Well, but another very influential music game, I think, for me, and definitely for Jared, I don't know about you, Jesse, was uh, Guitar Hero. Uh, I, for I sure. think I, I convinced my dad to get Guitar Hero 2 so I could play it. Uh, so he footed the bill for the, you know, guitar controller and all that. And then I was the one who spent like all day just mashing buttons in front of my TV. But I, I learned a lot of music, uh, from like Guitar Hero 2. That's how I heard about Possum Kingdom by the Toadies, <laughs> which is like, you know, maybe not the like most famous song in the world, but also <laughs> it's a fun bop from like the nineties. Yeah, my so my favorite song I think complete out of all the Guitar Heroes was Monkey Wrench from Guitar Hero 2. Oh, yeah. I think it just like stood out as like I mean, it's this weird thing of like it was fun to play on Guitar Hero cuz some songs weren't fun because they were so right. like technical. And now I'm like, man, Guitar Hero ruined that song for me cuz I just have this like aversion to it, but I actually like the song. 
Uh, but then like, there's also like, because it was so fun to play, I would just play it all the time. And like, you know, just, and I mean, it's just one of those songs. Like, It's a uplifting song, but, uh, that, yeah, that, that kind of early on made me like the Foo Fighters for sure. When you close your eyes, when you're hearing Bunky Wrench, do you see like the little like colored circles coming for you? I mean, I, yes, a little bit. I will say a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Confession. I actually only, I learned to play the real guitar after playing a lot of Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I got to the point where like, there's like a practice mode in guitar here. And I was like, why am I practicing a fake instrument when I could just get the real <laughs> instrument and then do this boring part. But then like potentially I could like actually show off a real instrument, you know? Right. My mom at one point, I still remember this very clearly. I was playing like a ton of guitar hero. I think I was like trying to beat free bird on expert, you know, and I'm like just going crazy. Uh, and my mom was like, does this help you with your actual guitar playing? And I said, no, but I think actual guitar playing helps me with this. And she was like, oh, great. That's that's awesome. I'm so glad that the guitar lessons are helping you at this video game. All right, Jesse, go for it. Get it. Hey, welcome to the show. We're bad wallpaper. <laughs> We've got a plan to create an album in one year by writing some music every week. We'll take our favorites, expand them into full songs, and then record our album at the end of a year. You can follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe and give us a review. Follow us on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper. And on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. <laughs> this is Bad Wallpaper presented by NPR. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good vibe for the show, I think. Just like a, a kinder bad wallpaper. <laughs> no. Uh, less, okay. less hey and more hey. Uh, yeah, guys, my grandma, she said, she's like, why does it have to be bad wallpaper? Can it be, can it be nice wallpaper? <laughs> Just very <laughs> good, like, pleasant wallpaper. So I think we got to change the name. <laughs> Are we going to get tote bags next? I think that's got to be our first merch item. <laughs> I thought the first merch item would be literal wallpaper. Oh, that would be sick. <laughs> Just rolls. <laughs> Just rolls of wallpaper. Somehow we didn't sell any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the most successful wallpaper salesman in the 21st century weren't actually wallpaper salesmen at all. They were a band. <laughs> that's that's for a documentary they're going to make that's, about us. Yeah, it's actually going to be an audio documentary on an NPR podcast if we keep this up. If Just imagine if bands sold wallpaper as merch and you were like, yeah. I'll buy this at the merch table and redecorate my room with this image. Like it's like, it's like a poster, but next level. Yeah. 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 It's going to be, it, I mean, it's going to be like that, but your walls will be led screens and then you can just light them up with like the, your NFT from your favorite band. 
Yeah, but if you don't pay the premium, like, $14 a month, you have to watch an ad on your wall, like, once an hour. Yeah. It, it, like, you, you get woken up by an ad. <laughs> Is it all that different from being woken up by the Home Depot ad on Mike and Mike in the morning in high school? I mean, That's if, if we're talking about influential music, I want it's like the Home Depot theme song. Slaps. I mean, foundationally influential uh, in a way that a few other things, uh, you know, literally are. I oh, saw this man. thing where somebody used a machine learning algorithm to generate like more parts of the song. Of the like Home Depot song, <laughs> and they turned it into like a full like three minute song. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all like the uh, inputs to the ML algorithm, like ZZ Top songs. Because <laughs> I, I think that's where that song has to go. I yeah, I feel like there's a little ambience like influence in that in that digital in that aud- auditory brand. Is that is that what they call that? No, I just saw a video on this too. They like brands can have like a, uh, yeah, it's like, like an, an audio icon. brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like some little jingle is supposed to make you think of the brand. Right. Right. I guess you could like windows. Was that like, Oh yeah. The other thing was like HBO. Cause they were like, absolutely. Their digital brands. It's like that. Uh, oh. but, like they were talking about like, well, it, it'll be like the save icon. In like twenty years, because no one will remember what TV static like sounded like. They'll be like, "Oh, that's that HBO sound." <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> we'll actually know it's referencing TV static, because like HBO was like one of the first like twenty four hours. So like literally, as you'd be like changing channels, it would just be all dead channels until you got to HBO. That's pretty cool. I don't know if that's true. You're I not feel that like old, Jared. Yeah, that you're up. making stuff up. <laughs> but uh, good old daddy, daddy Spotify that we love hosting our podcast on <laughs> uh, decided that they would rather have Joe Rogan than Neil Young. Which is funny for like a music platform to be like <laughs> decide to like uh, keep a podcast over artists, but. You know, whatever, whatever uh, pays the bills, I guess. Keeps the lights on in Sweden or wherever the hell it is. <laughs> I also saw an article recently that was talking about how, like, podcasts are the new, like, well, disinformation or conspiracy theory, like, uh, vector that, like, people are exposed to that through. And part of it's just, it's so easy to make a podcast and build an audience that it, it it makes people think that you're like an authority because like you're published and then it's available <laughs> to everyone. And even Spotify, like it's, they don't like give you a sense of how actually popular something is or how like niche niche that opinion actually is. Like somebody could stumble on our podcast and think we're like music, uh, Experts. the, the music, uh, Kings. <laughs> or music or world authorities order authorities like world order authorities you know <laughs> right but long story short it's not hard but we are showing how how we can actually make 
Okay. What what am I trying to say? I'm trying, to, trying say, to say it's actually hard to make a podcast. <laughs> well, it's I don't think hard. I think it's actually really easy, but we still suck at it. So <laughs> that shows how good that shows how dumb we are. Um, so yeah, thanks thanks Spotify. I'll miss getting to play Neil Young whenever I want. But he has his own website where he has all of his music hosted to stream anyway. So sure, just Check go to out. like Check Neil, out Neil Young. Young. Neil.young.blogspot.com. Yes. Does he have a, does he have like a band camp? <laughs> I'd, I'd buy Neil Young's albums on Bandcamp, but I don't really want to like, I'm not signing up for another subscription service. <laughs> uh, Do you think Neil Young would have been considered indie? If indie were like a thing. In the sixties, well, you could probably you, you probably theoretically had it right, like relatively independent labels back then. What do you What have you been listening to, Jesse? I don't. Well, I feel like Jared stole one of mine because you wrote Pedro the Lion, which is, uh, I mean, a, a a perennial favorite of mine for at least the last yeah, steal it uh, back few years. This um, is your topic now. I don't know. Yeah, just like phenomenal. Slow core, sad melodic music, but uh, just like a great year for uh, for for melody and songwriting. Um, did did you listen to his new album Havasu? I did. I was uh, really really pleasantly surprised with it. I'm not just not just uh, yeah surprised, but just pleased by it. I mean, it's a good album for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of really like memorable songs and a lot of like still very like hard hitting lyrics uh, that he's known for. And so it's just a good it's a really good uh, listen. Yeah, I the song Old Wisdom, like the first verse is like talks about being a kid in the evangelical like upbringing and just thinking that the rapture happened and you were left behind because in your own head, yeah, it kind of made sense. You mm-hmm. weren't good enough, so you didn't make the rapture. But <laughs> like really, your parents just went out to get groceries and you forgot. Right, right, yeah, exactly. But like, you just your first thought was, "Oh, that's the rapture," because it's just driven into you. But like, I was like, "Wow, I that was my I absolutely had that experience." Everyone was like, "Yeah, no, I'm actually kind of a terrible person, and it makes sense that I missed the <laughs> the rapture." So uh, I was seeing a bunch of articles going around this week uh, about the 10-year anniversary of Cloud Nothing's attack on memory. And I, I think that came out, yeah, I guess it came out in 2012. But uh, I still remember being in college and getting my hands on that album. And I had to have listened to it like every day for like six months. That album just blew my socks off the second I heard it. Uh, an incredible album that felt like it came out of nowhere. And I think, Jared, we listened to it all the time in our apartment. Uh, just like a huge music moment for me. And it's crazy to look back and say, like, oh, it's the 10-year anniversary of that. Definitely made a girl a mixtape with the song Fall In on it. <laughs> That's a good move. I'm sure I, she hated I, it. And I, but. I still think that that song is, like, <laughs> such an amazing, like, pop song. Like, it's Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, we'll, we'll say the, uh, the affection was 
unrequited. <laughs> 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 like, what is this? Why is he giving me this crap? So it was a mistake to transition from that pop punk energy point down all the way to ambient music by the end of the mixtape. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she was di- digging Suvlaki. <laughs> you nailed it. High capacity CDs kind of screwed with the whole like mixtape making vibe. a CD yeah. mixtape because like then you're like, well, I can fit thirty songs on this, but like. Right. I don't want this to be a double album. <laughs> right. You want to fit it in like a tight 12. <laughs> tight 12. <laughs> uh, it's weird to think that, you know, a song like No Future, No Past is 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have anything deep or more insightful to say other than I, I can't believe it's been a decade already. <laughs> yeah. I remember, um, I remember seeing them like right after I turned 21. Cause I, I was like at some art gallery in on Cherokee street in St. Louis and like the bar was serving like crappy, like goose Island IPAs and a keg of, uh, PBR and cloud nothings came out and just like tore the place up. There were maybe like 200 people there, but everyone was just losing their minds. Really, really fun show. That's, uh, (laughs) I listened to that a lot, like the first uh, summer I went to Seattle for the first time, and Ooh. I would literally like walk around with my ear pods on listening to the album and just like obnoxiously probably feeling really cool about myself. <laughs> it's a good setting, though, like a little rainy, a little damp. Exactly. I would walk by this, uh, so I lived by the like underpass of a, a road. And in the like concrete sides of the underpass, like to prevent uh, unhoused people from being able to sleep there, they built these like, they commissioned what were known as like art pieces or something. Oh, yeah. But literally, this one, they made it, it was called the Wall of Death. (laughs) And it was just these conical spikes, like comically placed like across the whole thing. (laughs) Dark. That's not an art installation. <laughs> that is just like meant to be uncomfortable to sleep on. <clears throat> so made made gra- great, uh, you know, a great place to listen to. Uh, no future, no past. <laughs> Tack on memory. Yeah, I I like a lot of what they've done since then, but that album is still my favorite album. Yeah, of theirs. yeah, definitely. What have you been checking? I've out? been listening to. Uh, well, we talked about Pedro the Lion. Just listened to it today. Just came out today. Uh, well, the review on Pitchfork just came out today. I don't actually know when the album came out. It came out last Friday, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you're maybe a little behind the times. It's a <laughs> it's a Thursday review cycle. <laughs> that's the real Pitchfork ranking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, uh... I kind of slipped back into some of my old favorites with John Fahey this week. How familiar are you guys with John Fahey? I'll say really not at all. So he was a groundbreaking acoustic guitarist, uh, fingerpick style uh, in the like 60s. And essentially he recorded a bunch of I mean, old folk folk songs and stuff, but like the way he did it on, like he, he essentially established like a whole genre 
but it's one of those cases of like he wasn't really appreciated a ton in his time but he was like super prolific and now artists like Kurt Vile will you know will his album uh shoot is it Up in Smoke is that one of his albums that's Cheech and Chong film oof <laughs> smoke ring for my halo uh very fahey like influence like um and he's i i love it because it's uh i mean direct comparisons to him now would be artists like glenn jones or william tyler uh and um so yeah john fahey's like uh, essentially established like the primitive american style of of music like uh, of that that genre and very influential very relaxing i don't know it's good check it yeah out. i i checked out the song that you told us to check out and i i thought it was just like really beautiful guitar work like you can feel a lot of like force behind each pick of each string uh but it's very like melodic and uh you know carries itself along like very wistfully for like a basically just like a acoustic guitar yeah the slap of the steel string ironically uh that music that i was listening to this week didn't have a ton of relation with my riff riffspiration for this week yeah but i i think i get to go first this week Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna. We're still doing. We're still doing this. No, <laughs> <laughs> we still have to listen to Minecraft. All right, Jake. So, did you make any music this week? I guess I did. This was definitely a week where I felt like I had to more than like I had something that I was dying to get out there. I was like, ah, oh, crap! I got to record something this week. But I think that's kind of part of the fun. So, uh, I, I actually am really happy with what I came up with. Uh, but. My respiration this week is Barty's Strange. And uh, I think I sent this to the group chat, but he just had a really good uh, KEXP live show get aired. Uh, got to step on Jared's thunder as well by stealing a KEXP as a source of great music. But uh, yeah, this, this band performance that they did uh, was really like, to me, like extremely high energy, uh, extremely amazing, extremely driving, uh, and it just overall, like uh, one of my favorite like live performances I've seen on like YouTube in a long time. I love KEXP's well in studio sessions, at home recordings. Uh, there's so many bands that I've uh, discovered through that. I'm pretty sure that I would rank them second behind Tiny Desk Concert. <laughs> but they do get a home field advantage for me. So. Right, right. That's definitely a boost. So every time I talk to Jake about Barty Strange, I know for a fact like I did this like when we were talking about his when his album came out and I felt the need to like restate my position on this <laughs> when Jake forwarded along the KEXP link. But I I hear like a lot of Kings of Leon in Barty Strange, like his sound. And it's one of those things like I have to quantify it as like in a good way because like it's like what made like Kings of Leon's is like biggest songs like good, but like in a more unique way. And like I don't know. 
I think it sounds like it. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a very like catchy, but like driving kind of like indie pop. And I just think, I, I think that song in particular, you see a lot of them, just the band kind of just going for it. Uh, and it's both spacey and really, uh, I think, repulsive. And I, I, I loved that about that track. I'm so repulsed right now. <laughs> Not repulsed? I'm very repulsed. <laughs> I'm an anti pulse bird. <laughs> Bartiz Strange is going to threaten to take all his music off Spotify if they don't kick us off. <laughs> <laughs> so this week I had something that I was kind of toying with. Uh, it was kind of just like a plain little almost like chord progression. And it wasn't really doing much for me, but I think this song inspired me to kind of really drive it you know and so i added a bunch of reverb and kind of shoegazy guitar elements to it uh and decided to just try and pump the drums and and see where it went and i i think i'm uh pretty happy with it <laughs> Literally blown away. I am speechless. <laughs> I am also. <laughs> this is great content, guys. Really appreciate the feedback. I'm glad, I'm glad we're talking through this. I feel like sometimes our like after at the like after the riff reveal, the riff feel. <laughs> it's like J- Jack and I are like forced to be like whoa yeah <laughs> not because like it isn't actually what we're feeling but like it's like this need to vocalize some kind whoa. of like expression of what Ew. we're feeling <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's just what I needed <laughs> this is no this is great guys I'm glad we, we're on to something here but Really, I mean, I'll start with that was good. I think that was Thank super you. strong. Uh, the 
way to like, I mean, it sounded like an 808, you know, for the kick or something like it cut, cutting through completely mm-hmm. and being like a, like the rhythm being an anchor for the uh, melody you're putting down. And it, honestly, at first, like just the sound made me immediately think of uh, the like Portlandia theme song by. Yeah, like that washed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another thing I realized, um, I kind of, uh, I'll say ripped off a little bit, but like, especially in my drum beat and how it matches with this kind of ambient tone, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Race for the Cure uh, from Flaming Lips. Or is it Race for the Prize? Mm. Race for the Prize by Flaming Lips. Yeah. I I do see that that comparison now. Uh, it's so interesting because that song goes in like such a different place. Yeah. But almost with the same sound. But like, yeah. I didn't. I, I definitely wouldn't have thought of that immediately just because it like feels different, but it definitely is the same sound. Yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> um, was was uh, Mr. Kramer senior slapping the bass again? No, I actually, I threw down like a pad synth on this one. Je- Jesse, you better learn how to play keys for when you have to learn this song. Too. <laughs> yeah. You got to <laughs> learn that too. Need that sub Moog. All I can say is that it would be an honor to learn how to play that song on keys um, because what Jake just composed was beautiful. Um, and I, uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I thought, uh, you know, the soaring guitars were like, you know, cherubs. Uh, you know. <laughs> like the naked babies. Well, with, I don't want to say that. <laughs> that's not what you're. That's not what you like about it. <laughs> Which happens um, to be a fact. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they wear a lot of clothing, but uh, they sound really good. <laughs> and thank you, Jake, for summoning them. Yeah i I was texting Jared. I was kind of nerding out about the pedal aspect of it. I have this like super modulated reverb and I was like, I don't know how to sound shoegazy. So I'm just going to stick a reverb like first in my pedal chain. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. I'll just do that. And I, I think it worked out. Okay. You can still kind of hear some of the structure of it. It wasn't all washed out. You know, there's some sharp treble to it as well. It, it worked out. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty happy with like kind of the, the spacey sound I came up with. <laughs> the Barty's strange song. You know, it, it's so interesting because he takes the song in a place because you don't really have a lot of dynamics whenever that's your sound, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like your drums are maxed out. They can't like get soft, get loud. Uh, your guitar is like just in that wash. So like the dynamics have to come from like the performance and Bart, Bart T. Strange is really good at that. I feel like like he takes it into another gear, even when the rest of like the instrumentation doesn't really have a gear to go higher. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> His voice can be very powerful. Well, I think that one's a keeper. Man, it's it's hard. I think we've both had strong months so far. Uh, speaking of that, what is what is your strong month concluding with here, Jaron? Uh yeah, I'm pretty happy with uh with uh this month, like you're saying. Like <laughs> just personally, I feel like I kind of uh hit like another gear in what I was doing, like kind of not overthinking stuff. It's felt freeing to, yeah. to kind of cut away like 
things that like I kind of was constraining myself with with like structure and the sounds I was using um and also like one thing that I definitely have noticed is just the freedom to like associate with like I'm I am wanting to be inspired by this sound and Mm. not like I think before I used to feel really guilty about that like I'm ripping something off you know yeah but I mean (laughs) the irony is like well all music is you know borrowing from somebody else but it's usually like borrowing it poorly and it turns into this new thing and i I mean that definitely happens a lot to me so (laughs) yeah i'm really good at Um, borrowing something not very well (laughs) so yeah maybe that's like part of uh um what uh inspired me this week of just going to like one of my old time favorites and being like you know what I think I've been dancing around these sounds for a long time anyway. <laughs> Let's just like shoot for that. So this week I was inspired by Texas band Explosions in the Sky. Okay. But uh Explosions in the Sky, we all know him, we all love him. We did a whole conversation period on Bart Strange. Do we need a conversation period on? I, I figured, I mean, do you want to talk about the coffee house thing? Well, so the theme song for this wonderful podcast comes from a recording of a set of three songs that Jake and I played at a very small open mic coffee house situation while in college. So that song that is our theme song was the original of those in the three song set that we played, but we also played a cover of Explosions in the Sky's First Breath After a Coma. Or First Breath After Coma, if I had said this name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely practiced for like at least a month for that. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, we didn't have a bassist or anything. We were just like trying to nail all the dynamics with just like two guitars and yeah we we practiced super hard and i'm actually really happy with how it ended up and like you can hear in the iphone recording like every, no one cares everyone's just going about yeah. their day <laughs> chit-chatting yeah it's it's hard to sustain a like full measure of just trilling the same note <laughs> for a part in that song and just like knowing no one cares <laughs> <laughs> like so much effort for so little respect don't get no respect but i think i mean ambient music like uh instrumental music being uh just okay you know like something that's actually interesting to listen to like explosion sky did that really well for me um i mean i think explosions in the sky but with lyrics like I mean, it's hard to do because you're competing against like the strong melodies that are in the instrumental parts themselves, but I feel like it could be done.
Oh man, that's crazy. I so those two pieces as they fit together, I I was blown away when you kind of started going double time and building up into it. Oh, I I thought it was beautiful and it was like I I loved the change of pace in the middle of it and I I totally see how your your inspiration of the explosions in the sky is just like uh totally hung over both the slow parts and the quick parts. Yeah, I was I was pretty nervous about that shift to like double time. Cuz good thing Jack's not here cuz <laughs> <laughs> It's like you can sneak some past No him. idea what to do to like add in the the essentially count off like on the snare hit, but um yeah, I mean and also like I wasn't, you know, was it going to sound cheesy like this I mean, this is like a technical detail, but this was a song that I built in like the old way I used to do Ableton where I just make little one measure loops Mm. and get something that sounds good with like four or five different parts. And then like I make a next loop for (laughs) the next measure (laughs) and Ableton has a mode where it kind of makes doing that easy. It's kind of more for like DJ sets and stuff, but, uh, I don't know. It's just a really fast way to 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 put down ideas that are like multi-part without like having to commit to a, mm. a you know, if you're playing like a whole song worth so like 3 or 4 minutes of a one part like and you're only one person you have to do the whole thing and you, you might make a mistake. You might not even have the rest of it written, so it's just easier to like do just like I'm only working on this one measure. The downside of that is the transitions between those little chunks are so like strange. Yes, from like a recording perspective, it's not a very natural shift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're essentially sampling yourself, but uh, but in this case, it worked out. It's I thought it kind of like flowed together pretty well. Um, and also like in the past, I've been like tempted to like let's add like four or five guitar. parts to it just you know i'm overdubbing why not just keep overdubbing but like i kind of let myself be limited to you know in the real scenario there would be two guitars mm-hmm. so i guess i don't know yeah jesse you have anything to add? uh i mean uh, n- nothing other than that that i that i loved it and i'm here to fluff jared up yeah um, what 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 kind of uh mythical creatures were summoned by jared's riff <laughs> Mind summon cherubim. I don't know. Maybe some like cool ass goblins. Goblins. Like good goblins. <laughs> what is a good goblin? Like a dwarf? Or is that different? No, nah, that's def- that's gotta be different, right? I think so. Maybe a gremlin, but like before you get the water on them. And maybe a gremlin. <laughs> what about a I don't know. I it could maybe a smurf. That's not I know it's not a goblin, but that's not too far removed from a goblin. <laughs> It's a blue goblin for sure. Yeah, but like not like haha, it's funny they're blue, but it's like, man, these guys are really chill and they just also <laughs> happen to be blue. Right. Um That's great. But yeah. Uh, That's great, Jesse. So it was it was, it was great. We have Chibs versus Hobgoblins. <laughs> Who's gonna win? Alright, we had another week. And today we had another week where we looked back on the riffs that Jake and Jared wrote. Jake, inspired by 
Artie's Strange's Stone Meadows, and Jared, breathed into life by explosions in the sky, first breath after coma. That's lovely. That's so nice. We are bad wallpaper. We're bad wallpaper? Uh, If you'd like to follow us, we're on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. And on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper. I I think like I'm going to spend more time on Twitter getting mad at NFTs. That's going to be our brand on Twitter. Uh, unless you guys stop me. Uh, uh, I mean, I, if we can make some money off of NFTs, not opposed. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm not like morally opposed to making money off of NFTs per se. <laughs> Do All right, let me try one more. Really let me try one more. Okay, voice. try one more. Right. And th- the NFT conversation will continue when the band gathers again next week. I don't you, know. I don't no, know. that was good. There, there's like one. There's like one NPR yeah. uh, person that always does like world affairs stuff, and her like the way she like curls her like senses. It's just like, <laughs> like it, it, it like ends in like a. 